0: Welcome everybody to Woodwire and Watts. I'm Chris.
1: I'm Adam. I'm
0: Topher. Today we're going to be talking about playing your first gig, how to book it, and how to prepare for it. Our original riff of the day challenge is What If Eddie Van Halen Was the Guitarist for Green Day? We'll also be sharing a song by the band Cedar Street and talking to them about writing and recording process as well as what gear they use to get their unique sound. Uh, so how are we doing today, everybody?
2: Doing quite, uh, quite well. Lots of good coffee. Caffeinated? Coffee and donut morning. We
1: match. No, no, no.
2: What? Oh yeah, we're both we're both <laughs> we're both rocking the old the ground game. mugs. Ooh, fancy. They have good coffee. Nice, nice. We kinda wanted to talk about
0: gear news a little bit. Uh last week we'd heard about the EHX intelligent harmonizer. I think uh we were supposed to look into that. Did you did you do any reading on it?
2: no (laughs) but but i I, it does look it does look like a pretty cool pitch shifter harmonizer uh very similar to like a like a boss like what is that ps6 whatever one of the one of the the pitch pitch shifters but yeah yeah. not something i've used a lot
0: same no but they uh on the video they did uh was it avenge sevenfold like they Mm -hmm. added the harmonies to it and stuff yeah
2: that was cool yeah they're cool effects if you only have one guitar player there's a there's a lot of gear drops last week
0: yeah, so I got a whole list of them, actually. Uh, we got the JHS Pack Rat came out, which is eight, six, six different rat pedals. I all was, in I them. think it was six, yeah. Yeah,
2: I I watched a bunch of previews. Yeah, it did. <laughs> What'd you think? It sounded really good. I mm-hmm. Did you see the one they compared it to? They compared it side by side with the all of the rats that they're
1: supposed to be.
0: No, was that the just, Andy demo? Yeah, okay, just AB a- B- switching
1: it, yeah. between yeah, them. The... Pretty sound. They sound, yeah. if not identical, mm-hmm. pretty... We should point out you say this is last week, but
0: oh yeah, so <laughs> sorry, we're it's re- actually
2: going to be a while, ag- a uh, month ago. We're
0: recording this on the twelfth, the twelfth of November. Uh, looks like the Harmonizer dropped October twenty eighth, and uh, the 29th was the Pack Rat, and then we got the. I'm not going to be able to say this. Earthquaker his his Hisumi, Buzz. We'll go with that. I think you re- I think that's perfect. Good enough. Yeah, flawless. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be a Big Muff clone.
2: It's supposed to be a like a it's supposed to be a clone of a Japanese pedal that was a clone of a Big Muff,
1: which is that the it's one the, from the uh, Boris? The Boris, one? okay, yeah. yeah.
2: It looks it looks like it rips though. Um, I don't know. I'm, Earthquaker is like my favorite pedal brand. All what right,
1: right. Okay. all right.
0: So last thing on my list I've seen happen this week: we had a Cooper FX closes up shop, and the owner Tom is now working for Chase Bliss. So that's cool. Hmm. Um, I actually heard that on doesn't matter i don't remember <laughs> uh yeah and then we're still waiting on those ktr drops the new clans
2: yeah mm-hmm.
0: yep yep uh so i guess we can jump right into the original riff challenge unless you guys have anything you want to talk about
2: so every week we're gonna have a, a uh, original riff challenge and it's going to be something weird or unique so uh not the typical play your best 80s metal riff or or play your best punk song riff or you know it's gonna be some something off the wall uh, and for now we're gonna we're gonna try try out a couple things and and see what everybody thinks you you can vote on it if you like uh, eventually we might ask for your input and send us some riff ideas and if we choose you maybe you'll get you know a shout out t-shirt Or a t-shirt or something. Uh, A hug. hug. Uh, Yeah. From
0: Topher. All right. So this week, Topher is going to be the judge, I believe. Yes.
1: Tell us. Because I can't play guitar.
2: (laughs) He's here to look pretty. The Riff of the Week challenge this time around is, What if Green Day had Eddie Van Halen fill in playing guitar? All right. Adams is up first. Here we go. Like I felt like if like they were asking him to play guitar, they would have to expect like he's gonna just play Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> he's yeah. play, yeah. he's uh-huh. like he's like all yep, right. Yep,
1: uh, yep. But he was really pulling, holding back, holding back though. He he, holding, yeah. Oh, he was
2: holding back. <laughs> not 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 some skilled that he does. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I You think he would have? You think that he was a much more skilled guitarist just, than that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh,
0: beautiful, beautiful. I you I gotta, can, oh my god. What's, what's the rating?
1: I want to hear yours first. All right, all right. I'm not I'm not going to give ratings. I'm so, gonna, I took a few liberties I'm with this. My
0: favorite. Uh I I might have misunderstood the rules at first a little bit because I did a <laughs> lead in rhythm guitar parts, but I I purpose, purposefully deviated at one purposely. time purposely deviated at one time uh because and I'm very <laughs> adamant about this, okay? This is supposed to be Van Halen filling in for Green Day, mm-hmm. and you can't really have Van Halen without having Diamond Dave.
2: Who's superior to Sammy Hagar? Just saying. Did <laughs> so, so, did, did are we going to get some Chris vocals? Is that oh, what you're no, saying? Oh God! No. Like, that's, oh, that's what I'm hearing. Oh Lord, no! <laughs> I, I was I was excited. I thought we were going to have Chris being uh, David Lee Roth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Oof>.
0: <laughs> you can do the kickflip for me or whatever. All right, here we go. Get that spandex.
2: It's, That's that, beautiful. That was I felt like that was like Green Day was on on back, back of stage and Van Halen just yeah. set this gigantic yeah. stack in front of them yeah. and cranked it as loud as yes. He's like, Nope. Not having it. <laughs> Look <laughs> like the guys, I the, am in charge now.
1: This is my band. <laughs> the members of Green Day are just
3: back in the back, like what, what is going
1: on here? Why? Alright. Yep. Very good. That I'm, you win. That was, that's I'm fair. <laughs> like I said, I did cheat cheated, a little bit. Cheated, I did cheat. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Got, well,
2: got a little bit of speed in you, buddy. Just I'm like, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to sweet pick some arpeggio In all fairness. Oh, let me do it at half the speed it should be. Well, in all fairness,
0: it. it's not sweet picking. It's tapping. And I do I my one tapping riff and then hold the note. <laughs> that's all you got. I, I pulled my one shred riff out for this. Oh man! All right, all right. What what's next?
2: That was that was something. You guys, if you wanna if you wanna chime in and tell us mm-hmm. if you if you dug that and if you have any ideas for future episodes, tear them apart. <laughs> We're gonna they're just gonna all be all be hating. Yeah.
1: Where are we at?
0: Okay, okay, okay.
1: I have several YouTube accounts. I can.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll give my opinion.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. I can't wait to be cyberbullied by you again. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe try playing guitar with both hands.
1: It's, it's just what we do in this family.
0: Oh, beautiful. All right, so we're getting into this week's topic. Uh, we're talking about booking your first show. All right, so I'm I'm just gonna like start with the questions I had. So like, when did yeah. you guys
1: first start booking your own gigs?
0: Like, how old were you? Like,
2: who wants to go first?
1: Uh, all right, so I believe. My first gig was not actually booked anywhere as like a venue. Well, my first gig was setting up a stage in this empty field across from my house. The one, the one between the between the two apartment complex. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, so it was terrible. We we were not good, but we had cars set up for 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 lights, built like a wooden platform stage, and invited all our friends. And then after that, it was just like people, you know, were like, oh, well, we should do this together here. We should do this together here. So it was just networking from there on out. And th- I think that's that really is just the the biggest way to get gigs is is just
2: networking. Oh, that is absolutely. And that sounds, that's like the perfect first gig too. Yeah. Like you know, just that, can do what you can. No
1: one knows you, so you just do it yourself. That sounds very
0: like like that would have been like a country song out of the 90s got the <laughs> pickup trucks out to headlights and yeah. oh my god so right. what was what was the name of your first band
1: Blue Ridge Brothers well no oh. technically technically like Mike was the first band but Blue Ridge Brothers was what that was. So it was a country band
0: <laughs> I recall seeing Blue Ridge Brothers actually
2: uh huh
1: uh huh <laughs> So I went. I went through today and was like counting out all my bands. I've been in fourteen bands. That's a lot of bands. <laughs> That's a lot of bands. I've
2: Never done that. I'll have to do that. Yeah, it's fun. I'm not gonna do it now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so tell uh, us about your first gig.
2: Uh, well, I guess the first performa- performance uh, right. where it was like. A couple of high school talent shows like band getting together and learning one or two songs and uh friends going do you want to try and make a band to do this um and and just attempting our best shot at whatever cheesy cover first Mm -hmm. gigging though experience was right after high school i was like i i learned a bunch of bob dylan and whatever folk songs and i remember driving down to fort wayne to like shop out like cds and cassettes to like Coffee houses and go. Hey, can I play here? Uh, and and it, you know, after asking a few of them, I eventually got something set up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with networking. When you're in a band, is just getting to meet everybody else. it's mm-hmm. Sometimes that's easier than asking venues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense.
1: Um, I think you'd mentioned at one point that like, like when you when you first get your stuff together, you're first getting all your songs put together, and you're wanting to play out. Uh, you mentioned open mics. That really is an extremely helpful way. There's also for a while there I had taken taken some time off from music and when I came back into the, the scene, you know, I was like I don't even the scene's changed, I don't really know where to get started anymore. So I just went to like Matt Anthony's open mics. Oh yeah. And, and it just just talk to people and which more networking but yeah, uh open mics is a that good way to get playing in front of people and then uh, you every you talk to the people after you're done, and you just engage with the with the other performers there.
2: Oh yeah, there's a lot of people who a lot of people who play regular gigs go to them to shop, try new songs and things. So like mm-hmm. you can absolutely meet people who can help you get stuff set up. It's also a good way to shake your nerves out to get ready to play real gigs. Yep. Um and uh yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits to it. I, it's like kind of a open mic is like the gateway drug to to mm-hmm. regular gigs. <laughs>
0: Nice. Uh, I should probably probably give the audience a background so these guys have been in lots of bands I've always been the the like hire your piano accompanist but really it's it's guitar so my, my gigs have been a little strange that's why I'm looking to these two for their advice <laughs> uh, so I think some of the other things we wanted to talk about like after you guys do book your first gigs like how do you how do you go about uh, making sure you get to come back and like settling on pricing for like if it's actually a hired gig or so,
2: uh, so the pricing part I I'm not good with that you take to- that <laughs> Tophers right. like you guys get paid like, I'll, I'll be <laughs> so, like hey
1: give me a hug <laughs> I'll play
2: oh yeah for sure I, so I think so I do I do have a little bit uh, to say to talk about it with price uh, mm-hmm. as trying to book gigs uh, with a band solo whatever um, when it comes to pricing it's a lot about what kind of music you play? The venues you play in? Yes. Are you a person or a band that fills out a three or four hour show somewhere playing covers? Are you playing with three other bands at a at an all original event? These things change a lot. Uh, if you if you are a cover solo artist or cover band and you play those kind of bars, a lot of times you are gonna yeah. say, "Hey, this is what we charge," um, and it's uh you know you're trying to. Hopefully they're going to accept that or, or work with you. Um, if you're playing original music, depending on the venue, sometimes those are door charges. Um, it's like, hey, five bucks to get in, ten bucks to get in, and that's split up amongst the bands for the night. So, your your uh, what you make is entirely based on how well you draw. Yeah, and so you have to you know take that into account depending on how far away you're going, how much money you guys have to spend on. Gas and travel, and um, there's a, those can it's those are sometimes the most fun gigs to play, but not always the most lucrative. Um, and sometimes the most lucrative things that I can I've done are playing solo acoustic covers for three hours in the corner of a pub or a mm-hmm. restaurant. It's maybe not glamorous, but um, but sometimes that, that that is what it is. Uh, but I think knowing the area you're in, and one tip I could say is when you're getting started get to know other artists or bands that play similar music to you or similar area of music and venues and kind of ask them how it works so that you have some advice before you go in and book something and say, hey, Mr. Mr. venue owner, I'd like to book because you don't want to be like a deer in the headlights when they go, how much do you charge or or something to that effect, you know, because that is a horrible question to have to answer on the the spot spot, if you haven't thought about it.
0: So you did bring up a good point, I think, uh, about the door charges and that. And yeah. I know a, 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 it's a bigger deal in a lot bigger cities than here in Fort Wayne. Not that we're not big, but we're not not—we're neither big nor small here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I know Sunset Hall, if that rings a bell, oh, used to yeah. be bad about it. They're, sorry, if that uh, rings a bell, yeah. Um, they used to do a pay-to-play sort of uh Thing, if I remember correctly, and then you made your money back on the door charge. So, what do you guys like? Do you guys do pay to play at any point, or what's your opinion on it? I, I I feel like this is a loaded
2: question because I think I don't touch pay to play. We don't touch pay to play. (laughs) There we go. Uh, Yeah, I'm not. I'm not down with the pay to play, man. That's a. Mm -hmm. I can play for free for my cats in the living room. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm uh, uh, if you if you've taken the t- I don't know if you guys agree but if you've if you've taken the time to practice and learn songs and then if you have a band and you then you're getting your band together to rehearse those songs and or record them and prep you have to pack all your gear up and mm-hmm. set up there's a lot that goes in it's not just the hour or hour and a half that you're playing yeah. there's a lot of time invested and if somebody's like hey pay us money so you can come perform or hey if you guys sell a hundred tickets you can come play and we'll give you like five tickets worth of you know, yeah, it's just no. it's just it's not it's not worth it.
0: There's that old joke about a musician or really, yeah, what's the definition of a musician? It's somebody who uh takes five thousand dollars worth of equipment in a five hundred dollar car to make fifty dollars at a gig. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um expanding back off that uh that that uh cover charge and stuff and like how you're getting your money based off uh, that door charge. I think some people don't don't really pay attention to like you can exp- you can draw a cr- if you can draw a crowd you can make good money off that but in order to do that you have to be putting on a show. I think some people forget to put on a show. They're just playing music. One important thing is to get people to who want to see your... Because, I mean, you're, you're begging people to come out and see you. You're asking people to come give you money, basically. Mm-hmm. And you want to entertain them if, if you're going to be there. So make sure your shows are memorable. Like, you have to be moving. You have to be engaged. Um, be doing something unique. Like, dress... Who gives it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Who cares when you're up there? Yeah, like, we'll beep you. It's fine. <laughs> like who cares when you're up there? What like what you look like? If you're silly. Whatever. Mm. Who cares? Yep. People are they're there to see you. They want it. They want to see you being different. Yep. So. Some of the
2: best. Some of the best performers you'll or bands you'll see. Like if you saw them in regular day to day life. Yeah. They you would not know that's the same people necessarily because some you know uh if you're a good performer then your persona that Mm -hmm. you put on 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 stage and and the way you the way you uh behave and dress you know all those things they go they go into they go into people wanting to see you
1: some people argue that you know it's gimmicky and stuff to do do stuff like that but like i mean
3: be be memorable
1: yeah Yeah. you're, Mm -hmm. you're there to i i suppose you're there to make to share music yes Mm-hmm. but you're you're there to put on a show people yeah. want to see a show yep. if you stand there stiff and rigid at the
2: microphone and with your guitars and not move much mm-hmm. you know the the venue can buy a jukebox
1: yep
0: mm-hmm. so you did bring up you did bring up like you're there to you're there to draw a crowd they're to, there to bring. Like you're you're there to be entertainment for the people, so I think that leads into like how do you go about marketing and advertising for the show? Ooh. You're really good at this, I think. Not that you aren't. I'm not not knocking, but
2: sure. tophers is a graphic designer. I'm just so. gonna go. I'm gonna go home, and you guys can finish. I gotta go cry.
1: So, so I, I spend a whole lot of time on this. Um, I mean, I I try to make you know. Consistent posts uh, weekly about for shows like. It's sometimes if you're advertising way too far in advance, it, it's easy for people to it just kind of to fade into like oh uh, he's posting about that again, and then it just fades in the back of their mind. But if you're making posts that are kind of engaging like videos, or yeah, uh, I've been sharing to my stories and kind of engaging that way. Uh, share to different groups. Like, get involved in the different uh, music groups and share there. Uh, as much as I, I dislike it, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm like, you, you join all all the social medias you can and just because not everybody hangs out the, in the same area and you I share it that way.
0: So, do you guys find I, and I don't know because I don't like go to your place of work regularly. Well, uh, But do you guys find like putting up, you know, old fashioned hard posters or anything? Is that of any value anymore in twenty twenty one? Or
1: I haven't done it as much, but it does. I I do have done it every once in a while at work, and it it gets the people at work talking about it. Mm -hmm. I've had, I've had some of them come out, and it's been interesting. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes posters are cool. I mean, like
2: are are useful. I think if it's a big show or you have. Or you're or you have a band that's semi-known that's coming to town that's that you're opening or playing for, and and like are and you know that, hey, there are people around that, if they walk by that, they might go, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a ticket, or yeah. I'm gonna show up. Um, so or if you have a special
1: release or something, but, but I, I don't do them as much as I used to. I would say. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I think also like, after the pandemic, I mean, everything is so much more online now. Every like people are are shopping online. It's. So that's where they're going to be hanging out. Oh yeah. That's where so that's where I'm in advertising uh as a expanding on online advertising. I will not do like the sponsored ads kind of things mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is like like they're like, "Oh, you can reach all these other people, like reach these people like uh you know people from different states, I'm like, they're not coming. <laughs> so
0: I did that with my old YouTube channel. I tried to yeah. do that once. Yeah, it, doesn't, it does not it work. It does not yeah, work. Uh-uh. Yeah, I paid $5 and got nowhere with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I
2: think yeah. It, if you're going to do those things, like it takes a lot of research yeah. and it takes a little more money to get started mm-hmm. and you have to really know what market you're targeting. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, it's it's probably not going to pan out.
1: I'm, I'm going to... See, I, me as a musician, I don't want to be... I don't want to be a huge thing. I don't want to, I'm not looking to make it my full-time thing. It'd it'd be cool if it was, but like I've got a, I've got a huge family. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm advertising to my friends. I'm into my community. I want to be, I want the people that are coming to care about me, to care about what I'm doing. And so I'm not really concerned about the people that are outside my network.
0: All right. Let's talk about, um, lining up your sound guy and PA systems. <laughs> this is, oh, this is, this is a, yeah, this is cheating for you. Cause you're the,
2: this yeah. is the fun part. Uh, so I, I think that when you are, uh, it, it kind of, that, this is something that shifts a bit over time, right? Yeah. So like when you're first playing gigs, like say we, you've done the open mic nights and the getting the band together and now you're playing it. Now, you, now you're booked to play a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you gotta ask questions first, right? What venues are you playing? Yeah. Do they have sound systems? Do they, have it? Do they not? Um, if you're playing venues that like have a sound person, like playing original music, say like around hey! here, you're playing like say like at the Brass Rail or yeah. the Muse or like a venue where it's all original music all night, and they have a person who does that, then you don't always necessarily need to worry about it. You just need your own gear, your mm-hmm. guitar stuff, and all that. Yeah. But um, but if you are playing at various other places where you have to show up and they don't have that uh then you know economically i don't think it makes sense if you're going to giggle out early on to to hire a sound guy in pa it's it's not it's a cheap aspect not a cheap thing to do and you might be giving them most or all of the yeah. money you make and
1: to to expect someone to to do it I mean, it's a lot of work to, to expect somebody to do it for cheap you you gotta pay them yeah so i i actually have a little bit to weigh in on
0: this because this is what i did for a minute. Uh and not just with Les Plan right. or anything. Um, not just our bands. Uh so one of the models that I, I know a lot of guys are moving to, and this is true for uh uh um you basically pay the sound guy as a split member of the band. Yes. And and that's assuming they don't have a stupid ridiculous size sound system. <laughs> yeah. Like not uh four hundred pound JBL mains. Um that was
1: a poor Purchase. Let me put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what I, I, I've now, nowadays I do like I've sought out gigs that are either have a sound guy or I will get a sound guy, but that's just because I don't, I'm so tired of dealing with it myself nowadays. It's, I don't have the time to, to get to, to venues early enough to set up all the sound. Um, but when I, you know, when we first started out, out of, like you said, out of necessity, you just you start set, you start learning things about sound yourself. Like I, I can run a run a PA, and it's only because I had to. Sure. Um, like,
0: I think we're yeah. also like we're we're in a different era than we used to be, right? Like it used to be, you had one dude who brought in an analog soundboard, like had a big one and the PA system and that's what he had. Yeah. Now you can go out and for not a whole lot of money, get like the Behringer, like just a couple of mains yep. and run it off an iPad. Like yep. some of us do. Uh, <laughs> and like, that's pretty much it for what? Less than like thousand
1: dollars. Like this, the mains yeah. by themselves, you can get like the Behringer ones or what? Two, that's four a pretty, they're pretty cheap. That's yeah. a good point. Like the, the technology is just, just, jumped in the last few years like you can you can uh, do a lot for a little bit
2: i think it it depends you gotta you have to you have to weigh (laughs) a few different things in right like a what size is your band how many people are in it Mm. um what size is the venue you're playing right if you're playing a hole in the wall pubs and like just just small dives and they don't have that big of a space you might only really need to be miking up vocals or vocals and maybe the kick and or snare if, if your bands all have reasonable
1: size amps. That's a very good point. Because <laughs> it's like yeah. going from paper heart, four piece, mm-hmm. to an eight member band with horns. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different dynamic for sound. Oh, yeah. Right. And you probably didn't mic those horns a whole lot, did you? Depending on the venue. Well, it okay, yeah, on the that's venue. fair, that's fair. But yeah, mm-hmm. nope. Uh, I learned that the sax gets gets a good mic, uh-huh. but you don't don't keep a you know, keep a mic away from the trombone. Uh, and sometimes you, can, you use a shared mic you can too. Fifty seven in front of it, like usually about
0: uh, yeah. arms length, a little further than arms, a little further than arms length. it's fun
1: with Ty. With Ty, you can put a mic in front of him, but he's he's gonna be moving around. He's not gonna yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. not gonna be anywhere near that mic. It's true.
2: Talking about, a uh, for listeners, we're talking about a, a, funk band that Topher was the, the, the singer for here. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, 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 get to run sound for you, uh, uh, on occasion and, uh, how was how, that was fun. That was fun. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I would say like, depend, if it's a smaller space, like some of the places that I've done for, uh, I would put up a, a, a mic for the horn section as a solo mic. That way, whoever yeah. was taking, taking something, they could just step up to it, uh, again it depends on it depends on how big a sound system you have and how big how big you think you need
0: last one i did for that big of a group uh they had 15 piece total and yeah you ended up just putting spot mics out in front of it because they had uh, uh violins they had uh i forget the, a, a bunch of fairly quieter wind instruments and yeah you, you kind of just pick your i want to say pick your battles but Pick where you think needs the best reinforcement. Uh, of course, that was the one where my board burned out on me. So <laughs> yeah, that uh, was a different story. That's
2: no fun to deal with. No, no, yeah. um, right but, in the
0: middle of the set.
2: So getting started. Yeah, I think just you just have to get what you need for your band size. And whether that's higher end or cheap gear, depends really on where you're playing and how often you're playing. You know, it's okay to buy cheap speakers if you're only gigging once a month and you're just having fun with it. If you're gigging two or three times a week or, you know, every weekend constantly, then maybe you want to look at something that's going to last a little longer and take the abuse. Um, I think you just have to, to make that determination. Yeah. Can you recommend a good,
0: like, starting uh i know this is like right off the right off the top of your head a, a good starting pa system or just a couple of good powered speakers for uh like
2: i still run pretty budget power okay. speakers to be honest uh i i've been running like the i think it was i think it's the older version of mackie thumps for a long time mm-hmm. they're they're not the most pristine sounding speakers but i haven't had a problem with them ever failing uh so that's that's i ran a something.
0: lot a lot of mac e stuff over the years like especially soundboards and man that stuff is built like you might not have the feature set but yeah it's like mm-hmm. their tanks even the lower end stuff yeah. yeah
2: every pretty much all the brands at this point make like the budget stuff as long as it works it usually mm-hmm. works
0: yeah, um yeah. I, yeah, ten years ago that might not have been a thing. I I have had some Behringer Eurodesks burn out on me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah, mid mid uh, mid show.
2: Cro- yeah. All right. So cross your fingers. Sorry, I was gonna say cross your uh, fingers. I'm still running a, i I'm running a Behringer XR18 mixer for yeah, for like, for all Behringer. the gigs that we've been yeah, doing, fair. and I haven't had it. Haven't had any issues. Is that the one that electrocuted me? Oh no, that, that was your rack. <laughs> that, that that was the space upstairs. Okay, yeah, fair enough. May have old wiring, maybe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, speaking of gear, I guess what gear do you guys think for? Uh, I, I mean, what kind of what kind of gear do you use for your different uh, different gigs? Again, loaded question because I'm there for some of them. But maybe let's talk about how about this starting out early bands first bands what do you think is the most necessary stuff to have like what did you guys have when you started
2: um, when i don't know if that's the best stuff to have because when i started i didn't have the best gear right nobody, nobody does, usually nobody yeah. does mm-hmm. but i think you know if you it's i would much rather have like just a reasonably good budget guitar that has been well set up and stays in tune well and plays well yeah Um, so, you know, there, there's a, if, if you are a guitar player, bass player, whatever, uh, you know, you can buy a a mid middle to high end instrument and it may do well, but you can also, if, if you don't have the money, then it's okay to buy something at a very budget level, save the extra little bit of money for that middle, for the middle price you might buy and pay someone who really knows how to set it up well so that it's going to play right for you. Um, yeah. I think that, that having that gig is, is huge.
1: Um, as far as like a, like acoustic gigs, I'd say uh, uh, acoustic gigs would be, as long as you've got an acoustic guitar, uh, like one main speaker, Like you don't really need a monitor for... Because you can hear the yourself sound on your guitar. The, the sound's yeah. going to carry out fine.
2: Yeah, if you're solo, you mean?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. And then... Yeah, uh, if you're solo, just a uh, uh, – some people do pedals. I, If that's your thing, yeah.
2: Do but you need a pickup in your guitar? Uh,
1: depends on if your <laughs> gu- guitar is acoustic or electric.
2: I have a strap. I don't need
0: to pick it up all the time. Perfect.
1: <laughs> um, but as far as uh, electric, if you're doing a full band kind of thing, um, good tuner. Oh, yeah. Learn yes. that one early. Good tuner. Not
0: even just for the fact that you need to stay in tune, but I, that mute switch on the board.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Audience, you know, as much as audiences love the song that's, you know, you tuning for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. that mute button. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's the world. Uh, <laughs> also, if you're early, if you're first getting going on that stuff and like, Especially if you're younger and so you're not playing bars, maybe in the summer you're playing your local art festival for the city or outdoor, whatever kind of thing. Um, get a tuner that you can see when you turn it on outside. Oh, man. Yeah. Because some of them you turn them on and you can't see it.
1: Like there's uh, the, the clip on, like the headstock mm-hmm. ones. Man, those are terrible in the daytime. Like if you're out, outside in the day. So. I can comment on this
0: pretty well for the audience. I only got one eyeball. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I've had probably eight different tuners, not including like the headstock tuners and that. Uh, Boss TU-3, just a standard Boss TU-3 is the brightest one I've seen. People keep talking about the strobo stomp HD. Uh-uh, under lights, especially if there's colored light. This guy kind knows. Of. Yeah, yep. it washes out, so. I tu- used a TU-3.
2: I use the short one that doesn't
1: have a button. Uh, TU3S. Yes.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yep. More more space for pedals. Yeah. So if you really can't see, (laughs) go boss. The
1: (laughs) the rest, it's all, you know, based Mm -hmm. on your sound, you know, what you need, but definitely... If you're playing, like if you're getting into playing, make sure you're in tune with your other, with your band. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Like our,
2: <laughs> our, 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 uh, the bass player in our, our band likes whenever I ask him to tune, he likes to say, but I tuned last Tuesday. <laughs> 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 Sorry, grip.
0: Oh, man. So if we're talking electric, what kind of amps are we talking about? I know this is, this could be an episode on its own and has oh. been for some people. You need to show up with a four by twelve. I I think
2: you need two of them, okay, you right? Need to, mm-hmm. Uh, you would need, your amp should be taller than you. Yes, by of the time t- because you know that's important
1: if you're playing for twelve people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I I stick with <laughs> small, you know, small thirty watt. It's fine with me. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know, I I've never been into the in any sort of space where I've needed you know big stacks. Mm-hmm. So it, it's fine if you do if it's if that's your thing. Cool. If you're a wall of sound. That's your thing. Do it. Just make sure you're the one hauling your own equipment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, you got to remember, you're carrying that stuff up. Oh, and yeah. There's some venues where you're upstairs, and that's just not fun. Especially if they don't have an elevator. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Um,
0: you but, run a 12-watt amp right off, like, for most of our stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I,
2: I'm playing a Fender Princeton, mm-hmm. like, the 68 reissue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Yeah, for most of the shows. It's only 12 watts uh the other two amps that i own are well the other two amps that i own that i use frequently are uh 15 watts and i think the other one's five Mm -hmm. i don't use big amps um that's what these these things are for yeah we put them in front of it uh i don't you know uh i think you gotta you gotta ask yourself what you're for your band right Mm -hmm. uh do you guys have a pa system with two your board has two mic inputs and therefore your vocalists Mm -hmm. you might need to have a louder amp uh but if you if you're gigging a lot and the people you have a good sound crew they're running sound or you have a decent sound system then you can get away with a smaller amp or chris and i have also recently both gotten into uh setups to some degree as well
0: dsm simplifier zero watt amplifier yeah
1: backup guitar super important oh yeah that too oh my god (laughs) You, I can't tell you how many times like I broke, broke Just a broke string drifting in and out, aren't yeah. <laughs> you? Know, like for, the, for a while there, you were, you were saying like you were talk going on. I was like, oh, backup oh, yes. guitar, backup guitar. It's never fun if you break a string and you do not have anything, anything to switch out to. No one wants to see a string, restring your guitar. But Topher, these old blues guys keep telling me I
0: only need one guitar. Oh my God, <laughs> you need two guitars.
3: Oh but
0: stevie ray vaughn restrung his guitar while he
1: played it um, stevie ray Vaughan. are you stevie ray vaughn no sir i'm
3: not he's not Dang. gonna
2: restring it for you true have true. a backup guitar uh I have a backup guitar, have a backup guitar. <laughs> nobody wants to to wait while you're restringing it no
0: uh, man good point though good and point.
2: some some shows you end up i don't know uh depending on the the type of show and how many bands are booked sometimes the tight time t- the time frame you have to play is tight sometimes oh, yeah and so if you have a 40 minute spot to fill and that is absolutely as long as you can play if you have to take 10 minutes to stop and put on a st- string and then stretch it t- 10 times to get it to stay in tune mm-hmm. you you might have just cut out a couple of songs
0: and I mean, like we could also say the same thing for for amplifiers, right? I mean, at least a backup solution. The the was it the Behringer GDI twenty one, like thirty dollars, plugs right into the amplifier, into your PA system, good to go.
1: Also, don't ta- don't change your strings right before a gig. <laughs> don't yes.
0: Do that. Yes. <laughs> I've a, a rule: seven days before a show, never. Absolutely, uh-huh. yep. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I I I break that
2: rule sometimes. I I'll I'll, I'll change them within a couple of days, but only if I ha- I know I'm going to have time to practice a fair bit and, mm-hmm. and play them Stretch a lot. Right. Yeah. But yeah, don't don't change them if you if you're not going to have time to actually play through them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be tuning twice as much.
2: Yeah, the entire, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> and also, make sure you change your strings on the opposite side of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah if you know you've got a gig coming up in a month yeah maybe it's a good time to reconsider mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i think we're, we're we're coming down to the to the wire here like we've hit most of the most of the topics unless there's something you guys re- well yeah let's talk about you want to talk about selling merch or anything
2: yeah uh the only, the only thing i was going to bring up on the uh on the gear side mm-hmm. is if you are whether you are or not like if you're a pedal board person mm-hmm. um a few things i would say to always have if you run like if you run off of some kind of power brick with all your pedals i always have packed in my bag like a small like nine volt power supply like a one spot with a with a daisy chain for it so that way if something terrible happens and you blow up your power supply Ooh. you can still plug it, you can still pull off a couple of the pedals that you use the most and plug them in um, uh, if you're a pedal person. And also having having a handful of extra patch cables mm. and a couple of guitar cables. That way, if something flakes
1: out, you don't have to worry about it.
0: And check your board the day before the gig. Plug Thanks for the advice,
1: because that's not something that's ever occurred to me. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. <If> you, <laughs> yeah. <Uh-oh. laughs> yeah, and it's hard to tell with patch cables, too, because sometimes they go out, and you can't figure out which one it is if you're running a bigger oh, board. Yeah. That's why I stopped running bigger boards, because, well, I... I actually ran into electrical issues. I had... um huh, Buy a good power supply. Uh, I yes. had a Donner... The Donner 10 spot, basically, is what it was. So, $40 on Amazon, and I was running 12 pedals off of this. And in the middle of the show, all of a sudden I started getting power drops, volume drops, and I have no idea why, what, what was happening. Luckily, it was just like a three-song, three-set like church gig. But still, like... It's embarrassing, oh, yeah. and you don't want to have to, on the fly, figure out what's going on with that. You said
1: it was Donner? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I don't, so, like, you can, it's okay to buy, like, cheap pedals if you want a sound, right? Whether, because you can, you can spend, you know, $500,000 on a Klon, mm-hmm. or you can spend, you know, $30 on a, on a Donner Horsey pedal, whatever it's called,
0: Mosky Golden Horsey.
2: There you go. So, so you could buy either one of those, and they're going to probably work great um for the time you have them. But man, don't buy a cheap power supply no. No. because <laughs> it's going to. You're going to have noise issues. It might break. So, something, something you don't want to happen. And a lot of times they're not isolated. So like all that crosstalk and noise is
0: isolated is a lie. And most of those they will yeah. advertise as isolated too. And yeah. Not nah. isolated. Hmm. We can talk about what that means in a later thing because right. that gets a little. Bully. Yeah, so
3: that merch. is all right. <laughs> yeah, cool. merch.
2: How how to for how important is having merch to sell at uh, gigs? Have you man, ever even sold a T-shirt?
1: I I've <laughs> actually been been getting a lot better about it l- lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my I have a bad habit. of... I I've got plenty of merch, but I just hand that stuff away, man. Uh, Cause. Main mainly one thing if you're if you are selling merch you can't really do it while you're playing so it you have to have someone dedicated to a table where you're selling merch or Mm -hmm. and you have a have to have a certain display set up and Adam's a lot better about this actually
2: I I I don't know if I'm good at it I uh, I think that having I've I've built a few portable merch displays. Mm Uh, old suitcases work really well for that if you're handy with woodcraft and things like that. Um, but uh, you know, I think for me, it depends on the kind of gig because sometimes, sometimes nobody's going to buy yeah. merch. There are other kinds of shows that if you know, if 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 you just know it's the kind of venue and the audience that that will buy merch, and you that's something you have to learn over time depending on the place you're at and the kind of bands you play with. Um, sometimes it's a way to make a lot of the money for the night. Uh, other times it's a way to make nothing. Uh, I do think it's important to have some cheap merch Absolutely. that you can just give people. Yeah, we'll ch- Get cheap stickers, stickers buttons printed. Because then if your name is on people's gear, on the bumper of their car, on their mm-hmm. jacket, somebody's going to read it and ask and look it up. Um, uh, so that that's important. Shirts, shirts are a good way to make a few bucks if you get them sh- printed cheaply enough um, at, at certain venues. But yeah, having a merch person helps. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, uh, I mean, the quantity of stickers I've give away for free, I've seen those stickers in lots of various places. Some places they should not be. There's. Um. <laughs> I know there was an Ohio band that ended up uh, giving
0: you a handful of stickers. Yes. that I got plastered over for. Hit the Lights. Yep, hit the Lights. I had more Hit the Lights stickers. I, I've huge, still never heard them. Huge but, stick. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah. Like, that says something, right? Like, I, I've never heard them, but. I've had those stickers plastered over like twelve different guitar cases. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that kind of speaks for itself. <laughs>
2: hey, we've print the last the last couple of times that we printed stickers. We've we on uh, this is uh, pro tip. Uh, if you if you plan on giving a lot of stickers away, uh, there are some places that advertise as like doing band merch. Yeah, they cost a lot, and and you're gonna pay more than you should uh sometimes if you go to a place that just does like promotional stuff for not just music like just c- company merch stuff for like you know anything you know for your local dentist's office or what you know like whatever boring uh like it doesn't matter if they if they know how to print stickers they know how to print stickers right. um and sometimes you can get a massive quantity really
1: cheap um <laughs> definitely like uh don't don't get paper stickers though like like, uh, if you want them to last vinyl, yeah, vinyl, it it does, it actually does kind of matter, like research what's going to be weather, you know, weather resistant and stuff. Cause yeah. if, if you want them on bumper stickers or outside anywhere, uh, they can fade and get destroyed real quick. Yeah. Thanks for
2: clarifying that. Yeah. Material, material, material matters. Yeah. Where they're printed, doesn't matter what they're printed on and made of yes. matters.
0: I, I have a question, but I think it needs to be reserved for a full episode. I think we've talked about this before, but who who do you get to design those stickers? Oh boy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that, that that's probably something we need to uh, address
1: in a full episode. Yeah, like that, that is something. Yeah. Uh, in, I, in I do all I do all mine, but you <laughs>
2: to- Topher does all of Fort Wayne's. <laughs> yeah. That's the city we live in.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it so yeah. If you if you are an artist that you you make you make art it's it's helpful for your band but uh, i will say that it's definitely helpful for others and for yourself to collaborate with other artists and have people make art for your band it's it exposes them and exposes you so
2: it is to go on that um you know if your band if you all have different talents at certain things that can be, you know, if you do have someone in the band that does art, ask, talk to them. But also like if you either someone in your band or you yourself, if you if there's a certain thing in that can be used musically that you are good at. Look about trading services with other bands and local musicians, mm-hmm. um, because sometimes like, you know, doing music is it's not a cheap uh hobby or or you know even if it's a side gig for for money sometimes you spend you know a good portion of what you make so if you if you have friends that are good at something else um i happen to trade a lot of recording services to people for other
1: things no matter if you have a hobby just you're gonna spend money
3: mm-hmm. it really
1: is like i mean my wife crochets and oh yeah oh my god the amount of <laughs> the amount of yarn we have and mm-hmm. like no matter what you are, what you're doing, you're going to spend money. Know that just know that you're going to definitely spend a lot of money. If you're if you're yes. a band. Yes.
2: All
0: right, guys, I should have said all this stuff right up front at the beginning of the interview, but this week's uh, featured song is that's it uh, by the band Cedar street. Uh, we're talking with Dustin who does their uh, vocals and guitar. Um, so yeah, this is a, uh, This is kind of our first time doing this. Uh, We had some problems um, recording originally, so this is actually the take two. Um, So, hope you enjoy. Uh, We're going to be including all the links for Cedar Street and everything in the description. Um, Yeah, enjoy! All right, so I'm going to try not to make it sound too formal, but I also won't keep you too long, because, yeah, I know you've already done this once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah
4: other oh, questions
0: yeah yeah i'm trying to switch it up a bit
4: uh so you
0: guys are wanting to do that's it as your uh featured song this week right
4: right yeah we we're gonna do something else but uh it's not mastered yet so it oh, feels okay. wrong to put it up yeah Yeah. He, uh,
0: so all this is still from like a new ep or you guys are still? yeah still yeah,
4: yeah okay yeah so... that's it will be on our Oops, sorry no you're good <clears throat> that's it will be on our new ep yeah okay what's what's the ep called uh, I have yep. to look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's getting over, getting better. Getting over, getting better. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, yeah we'll do we'll do links and all that fancy stuff to make yeah. it like we know
4: what we're doing for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been such a long process. I don't understand. Where are you guys uh, are yeah. reporting at Like uh, uh, fifteen twenty one here in
0: town. Fifteen
4: twenty one. Yeah. Austin putt.
0: putt. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna kind of dig into some stuff just specifically about the song first I guess uh yeah so like did you guys did you write that or do you guys do collective writing or what's the what's the story there
4: yeah I usually write most of I I usually bring um so it starts out with band practice like usually we'll find a groove I'll find a riff um and then sometimes I'll write a chorus on my own and I'll bring it to the table uh I usually do most of the writing with the other guys kind of like Adding or subtracting, or you know, giving things that make the song better. But yeah, I usually bring the hook.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
4: Cool. Yeah. Well,
0: that's that's a hard part usually.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the part I like. Yeah. Nice. Nice.
0: Uh, yeah. So on this one, was this mostly mostly you writing, or you wrote the hook to it, or what's uh?
4: uh yeah, this one was funny because uh, we were actually in the process of writing this new EP. And we were talking about a single we didn't have a single yet and i kind of fucked around and came up with the can i swear
0: yeah yeah it's fine well we might be uh, yeah whatever you want to do okay yeah.
4: so we we're messing around and uh i found a little like chorus riff which wound up being the chorus and i was like that's it that's it <laughs> Nice. And, and i was like oh there's the chorus too so i just kind of came up with and that's all i had was the that's it and i just kept singing it and i wound up writing Writing the hook around it. Very cool.
0: So I I know you play guitar. Do you do the
4: singing on it? Like, do you do any sing vocals too? Or yeah, I, I do like... all the lead vocals. Blake Blake does all the dirty vocals. Yeah. Okay.
0: Cool. Nice. Yep.
4: So Colin does some backup sometimes. And who uh, second? Colin, our drummer, does some backup sometimes.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So uh, what's your, uh, like, I know this is a deep question usually. What's your rig like? Are, are you, like, do you get pretty intense with everything?
4: you hard <laughs> trading the amp or what? Yeah, this is funny because I talked to Topher about it, but I, I'm not really a gear guy. I'm more about the sound that I can get out of whatever I can get it out of. Right now I'm playing on an American Telecaster. Okay. Um, it is the modern player American, so it has a humbucker, and a lipstick or a single i think it's i think it's a lipstick
0: so humbucker in the neck and then uh lipstick in the bridge is that right
4: right it's on the bottom the humbucker. yeah on the yeah, yeah it's okay. the bridge right yeah bottom i always get the two up. Yep. Okay, yeah okay yeah and then the top is i want to say it's a lipstick maybe it's not so
0: anyway, if it's the small, uh, if it's the small like metal looking one all the way across, <laughs> right?
4: Yeah, I just can't remember. I don't know if it's in here or not, but yeah, it's it's some sort of a single. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, fair enough. I'm I'm awful with gear. Uh, and then I run a Blackstar HT20.
0: HT20. Okay. Yep. I'm familiar. Yeah, nice. yeah it's
4: my first. It's my first tube amp. I was running a four by twelve with a. Crush cr one or orange cr 120 holy crap which is yeah it was a lot and i just wanted i wanted a big crunch sound you know so uh but i'm really liking this black star man oh nice i don't run any pedals on it either you said that's 20 20 watt right yeah 20 watt. yeah
0: and that's still pretty loud i mean i run a dsl 20 uh with one band i'm in with dover and that thing yeah you can hear it all the way down the other side of the road
4: right yeah yeah i really like the sound on it it gives that full sound we, we like a lot of full sound in our band since we're in three piece so
0: oh yeah absolutely so is that what you guys recorded
4: with or did you record direct in it all it's all direct <clears throat> actually i lied we have a few cleans that we used a Vox ac 120 or a uh, Vox ac 30 15 is it a big two-by-two yeah. yeah it was a 30 yep. yeah the, the, i had to move that son of a bitch yeah 80 pounds those things are, are <laughs> yeah they sound great <laughs> it was sparkly man uh yeah. the rest of it we used a camper he has a okay in-house camper that we use and
0: gotcha yeah I'm, the, nothing wrong with that those things sound amazing too I,
4: I love it especially uh studio you can't tell the difference
0: yeah not at all
4: no nope. <laughs> when it's buried yeah
0: the only thing is that yeah, that it's life. beautiful they run like three grand now half the time it's more expensive than uh, especially or if it's the, the rack mount it's like three grand so they're
4: more expensive than yeah regular amp. Yeah, yeah our producer is crazy about gear. he's he's so into it and uh just kind of go with what he says is <laughs>
3: whatever the right thing
4: to do yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he knows more about tone than i do <laughs> hey it's a learning process for us all man all right <laughs> all right
0: so uh you, you said, yeah, Telecaster into a Black Star. That's interesting, too. Usually the metal bands that use Telecaster, or like, I shouldn't say, like, I guess, what what do you guys call consider yourself? Like, post punk? Yeah, I know that's a little bit for everybody,
4: right? Yeah, it's such a hard question to answer because I like to fit us into the pop punk category just so we fit yeah. into a broader range, but we're more like new age emo, new wave emo. Okay. okay. Like, emo, alt punk. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's still, like, usually the, uh, usually, I guess you don't hear people picking Telecasters for that, but most of the time, I guess, like, I guess you put that humbucker, it,
4: and it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, because I got a... I, I usually don't even use the humbucker, to be honest with you. Really? You use the single Yeah. One? yeah. Oh, I play okay. a lot of lead lines. Okay. Fair a lot enough. of nine chords, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so you said no pedals for
4: anything, right?
0: You're no, <laughs> doing... <laughs> No,
4: I used to run an MT2 for... Metal for metal my whole metal zone right <laughs> that's right baby nice. Nice. <laughs> and so many people made fun of me for it so i just i dropped it and started mm-hmm. using the no those i love it sweet don't let anybody tell you different yeah i loved <laughs> it man i didn't have it ran up real high so it, it didn't give me too much gain it just gave me a nice little thickness i guess To. so some to folks are in.
0: even turning down the gain on it entirely now and using it as like an eq boost pedal but really? yeah so even uh, boss re-released it as a um uh there was a craft model so their custom shop basically yeah so yeah don't let people give you crap about that i was gonna <laughs> say i've
4: had that thing since i started playing guitar man it's been it's been achieved oh yeah
0: was that on a, i think it, I, did you use it on any of your earlier stuff like uh, recording
4: wise i think we used it on our first single which is okay. which is not great Really? Other than that, no. Everything was ran on a camper.
0: Okay. no, well, Even on our
4: first EP, yeah. Gotcha. Huh. Nice.
0: Well, man, I don't have any other questions than that. Like I said, I was trying to keep it short. So uh where can we find you guys? I know Spotify, that's where I found you. But uh
4: you got a YouTube channel or anything yeah, like Yeah, uh Cedar Street on YouTube, uh at Cedar Street Band on all the social medias. Um cool. All right. Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate it,
0: man. Thank you. All right. So I think that's about time for this week. Uh, any last minute plugs from you guys? Anything you're working on that you'd like to talk about real quick?
1: Um No. No, I, I don't think like, I have anything. I I've got, you know, a show coming up next month, but if you're not local
0: uh, so next week we'll be joined by some special guests uh, while we talk about teaching private lessons uh, we'll have a brand new riff challenge and some more stuff uh, thanks for joining us on Woodwire and Watts until next time tune up
2: crank the volume and let it rip and
3: that's it wow.